Joel Volk and welcome to Small BizCast, where twice a month I explore the lives of small business owners to dig a bit deeper and expose strengths, weaknesses, ideas, and challenges with blemishes and all. From his very early roots as an entrepreneur to an impressive leader in a modern day gold rush, Ian Vishnevsky of EVCS is an inspiration. As you listen to this interview, as a small business person, you will find comfort in knowing that you are not alone. Hopefully you'll learn something while finding inspiration and ideas from people I introduce you to, like Ian. Hopefully you'll laugh a little too. Hot dog, it's a wonderful life. Ian Vishnevsky, thank you for being on Small Bidscast. This is a labor of love for me, the small business story. Uh, nothing uh, is more important to me than, under, than than helping small business people succeed. I shouldn't say nothing because there are things more important to me, but in terms of my interest level and things that make me excited, I love talking to people like you. Um, so uh, my understanding of you is that you started as an entrepreneur as a very young child. You came to this country with not a lot of English language skills, and you started being an entrepreneur really young. And so I, I'm just that that germ that instinct in you do you think that that's uh that was born out of necessity or just instinct what do you think How, tell us your story if you don't mind and then I'll, I'll ask some more questions yeah absolutely no joel uh thank you very much for having me uh super excited to uh to be here um yeah and appreciate you uh letting me share my story yeah you know i think actually it's probably a combination of of two things probably yeah like necessity but also kind of I don't know, maybe there's a little bit of a predisposition in in, in that sense. Yeah, look, I, I, I am originally from Russia, from Moscow. I came here to the U.S. in a tender age of 11. And, you know, when 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 my parents and I arrived here, it was, you know, my mom, my my dad, my uh, grandparents uh, from my mom's side and, and me, you know, we, we, we didn't have uh, very much and, you know, we didn't come with with, you know, much at all. I always kind of felt like, you know, how do I kind of have a little bit of money in the pocket, you know? And I just remember like the first thing was we we rented an apartment in, in West Hollywood, uh, sort of in a Russian Jewish community over there. And our, our, our apartment was right above uh, Ralph's supermarket. And I noticed that there was people like, you know, that, that they would take the shopping carts and then they would pay like a little deposit and then they would bring the shopping cart back and then they would get that 25 cents back. And so I was like, you know, so I started like just how asking if I could help uh, people, you know, carry their groceries in exchange for returning the shopping cart. And that was sort of my first kind of uh, foreign trying to like just earn a little bit of money. Um on my own, uh, and I think I was sort of the first, uh, you know, person that I think it, it happened. You know, I didn't know any English, like you you mentioned, but but I had to find a way to, to figure things out, and so I learned, you know, just the phrase "How may I help you?" <laughs> or or you know, "May I help you?" <laughs> you know, stuff like that, and 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 that was sort of enough to get me going. <laughs> I look at entrepreneurs. The key thought process that entrepreneurs bring to the table is they see a problem and solve a problem. That's like something that I notice the best employees and the best the best business people, that's typically how they function. They see something that needs to be solved and they solve it. At 11 years old, you saw that people probably didn't want to walk all the way back to put their cart back for a quarter, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and you, know, you were happy to do it because you were 11 and, you know, and you did it enough times a day and you could you know, have some spending cash that you probably couldn't get from your folks. In a very short period of time, you've come a very, very long 
way to your current business. What are the skill sets that you needed to develop to get to where you are now? Yeah, no, that's a great job. I mean, I think you said something very interesting that I wasn't really thinking about it that way uh, or or actively thinking about it. But yeah, problem solving. I, I exactly, you know, I think that's kind of what I do every day and I actually enjoy doing it is, is, you know, figuring out how to, you know, solve a problem or put out a fire that that's sort of like an everyday occurrence. And I remember kind of being able to do that from an early age it's it's a it's an interesting thing that that you bring up actually at an early age you would see like you know the problem and the solution in a very simplified way more simple than more most people would see it. I, you know just small things like you know how you like repair something or even you know like i i didn't think about um uh, you, you, you know, like um, uh, solving a problem and trying to find like a way to earn money. I actually didn't even think about it in that way. I, it's just kind of a little bit of an innate thing. But yeah, now that sort of you mentioned it, yeah, it's, it, it is about, um, you know, um, seeing a problem and wanting to solve it, right? The desire yeah. to solve it. Is- yeah, yeah. Wanting wanting to solve it, you know, in, you know, and I think sometimes it's out of necessity, but, uh, you know, also a lot of times it's just because how you're wired. And I, do think that you, you do things and, and you think what you're doing is normal and and, uh, and and it's like everybody does that but then you kind of you know sometimes uh, assess and it's like oh kind of people are wired differently and different people kind of focus on different things so that's that's interesting so you know I I, I think it was just a, a normal progression for me from kind of coming here as a child and trying to kind of start a, you know a, a bunch of different little businesses whether it's shopping cars or you know helping uh, people you know wash their windows and whatever and that was, you know, and then I kind of progressed to like, okay, well, let's figure out how to maybe like pass out some flyers. And you know, I was always sort of, uh, you know, trying to figure out how how to make a little bit of money here and there. But, you know, I don't know. I I always felt like I had something to prove uh, to myself, you know, from just, you know, I always like actually liked school, but I felt like I was never really good at it. And I, it was like always like a challenge. And so I always sort of try to, am I good enough, you know, to get to the next level? Am I good enough to graduate high school? Am I good enough to get um, to college and and things like that? And so I think that was just always kind of the mind, the mindset is kind of stretching yourself, but also, you know, building a little bit of a network you know, trying new things. Uh, after I graduated college, I uh, went to uh, undergrad at UC Santa Barbara and I graduated college. And uh, the minute I sort of came back, uh, you know, and, and then I got a, I got a job. I was, you know, my first job was a staff accountant for Sony Pictures oh, wow. Entertainment. And then uh, parallel to that, I had a roommate who was like a film studies major and uh, he graduated like a year before me and he like started a business um, that's called, it was called Treasure Entertainment. And what we did is we, uh, you know, produced films, uh, feature films, documentary, music videos, commercials, and managed writers and directors. And I sort of became a, a CFO for that company right after gra- doing my undergrad. And, and, and you know, that, that was a business that we did for 10 years, mm-hmm. uh, I think from uh, 2000 to 2010. And, you know, I think that was sort of the first, you know, my first exposure in terms of kind of how do you actually build a business? How do you make it successful? How do you make, you know, how do you, yeah, how do you do all that stuff? And so I think that was kind of the first 
step and then you know not and, and then not not really stopping it sometimes you like you wonder like why am I doing this why am I doing this but then you know you don't quit you don't quit and then yeah so so a treasure entertainment was kind of the the first uh, the first uh, business and then I always kind of had a side hustle and as, as I had a side hustle I always like wanted my side hustle to become my full <laughs> you know my full hustle right so I just kind of went through a progression of kind of having this little bit of a double life uh, you know kind of trying to get ahead in the corporate world and doing corporate finance and, 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 and that kind of thing, and always kind of have a side thing. And, and, and I, and I think that kind of progressed for a little while until, you know, until basically like I, I just kind of decided, you know, I went to business school and then I, I, I met a really good friend of in, in, in business school kind of towards the end and we became business partners and we started a business uh, called Royal Rehearsal that basically, you know, offers a space for musicians and creative professionals to record and, 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 and rehearse. And, you know, we sort of uh, grew that business from like one location to five locations uh, over a three-year period after, we you know, after I graduated from MBA school. And then, at, 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 you know, sort of, so that was, uh, that was, you know, that business is around today and, and, and fairly successful and profitable. And so, but that was also a side hassle. So basically, like in 2018, I, I, I decided, okay, look, you kind of either, in, you know, students were saying you got to shit or get off the pot, meaning like you're either going to try to do something with full focus and kind of let go of security of, of, a, of, a, of a stable paycheck and just uh, go at it. And I think, you know, I was like really ready for, to do that. And, and, and I, and I think that somehow through whatever the, the mechanics of the universe, I, I was able to transition or I met somebody, you know, we sort of started a business that, uh, you know, that takes a majority of my time today, which is called EV charging solutions, where we, you know, now, uh, you know, uh, install a network of EV charging stations for people to charge their uh, electric vehicles. We're now one of the biggest uh, EV uh, charging, uh, we call ourselves a CPO, a charge point operator on the West Coast, uh, on the West Coast where we operate, uh, you know, in California, Oregon, and Washington. And so we just kind of completed our Series A round. And, and so it's kind of just been kind of a little bit of a progression, uh, a little steps, you know, a little, a little ba baby steps that kind of in, in combination, you know, got, 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 got me to where I'm today. So let me ask you this. So you're at a place now where you have a very, it's very timely. You know, you have this intersection of your ambition and this opportunity, right? There's mm -hmm. this opportunity of EV charging stations has to be the, the new gold rush right now you know mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. I think they said that 60 percent of people say the next car they have is going to be a battery powered car mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so therefore and the and the, the the infrastructure for that is is woefully underserved at this moment and mm -hmm. so and and then you also have uh, all kinds of government incentives for for entrepreneurs to fulfill this gap right fulfill this yep. need yep and you have this ambition which is huge is there one, is it a chicken and egg thing or did it just happen serendipitously where they came together at the same time? Mm. Did you, in other words, did you say, this is huge. I can, someone should take advantage of this. I can do it. Or did you think I have an opportunity? I want, I'm looking for an opportunity. Oh, there's one. I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a, a great question. You know, one of my biggest challenges was figure out like what I want to be when I grow up. Um, <laughs> <Me actually. too. laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Like, you know, I told you, like my friend that I, we started the first company with uh, Treasure Entertainment, you know, he knew he was going to be in film. This is, he was going to direct and produce and things like that. And I, 
And I, you know, I, I couldn't really figure that out. Um, and then, you know, I started following this company, you know, Tesla and Elon Musk and, you know, it kind of caught my attention. And, you know, there was like this, they were making this new, new electric vehicle kind of thing. And I, I was, I kind of picked my interest. Uh, and, and, and so there was kind of two, two moments. One, I was like, this electric uh, car thing, this is, uh, and, 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 you know, and I was thinking, you know, this is what I was thinking, I would say back in, you know, 2015, 2016, 2017, something like that. I've kind of started thinking about that way. It, it just seems like this is a, you know, one in a hundred uh, year or one in a century sort of transition because we had these ICE vehicles that that sort of this 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 thing that's been around for a hundred years it's very hard to disrupt. So I internal combustion engine. Internal combustion yes. Uh, engine, yes. And um, now we're seeing this disruption, and and I I could potentially somebody like me could get into this space. And so you know, remember, like I just kind of you know finished business school, and the whole thing with business school was kind of maybe transition from what I was doing to something mm -hmm. new. Right. And it was kind of interesting that you kind of get so entrenched into what you're doing. And that's kind of what everybody gives you value for. So kind of transitioning is hard. And I was sort of thinking about transitioning and it just kind of got dropped back into the entertainment industry. I saw this transition uh, going from, uh, from, you know, internal combustion engines into, into electric vehicles. In 2018, I uh, bought my first Model 3. And it was literally kind of like, you know, I'm sure a lot of people remember uh, buying their first iPhone or, or trading their uh, BlackBerry or Flip Phone Pro for, for an iPhone. And it was a, just a completely different thing that kind of did what you knew, but in a, in a very different, very awesome way. And I think uh, getting exposure <clears throat> to Tesla was similar for me. I was like, man, this is just, there's just nothing. This like company is like light years ahead they have an amazing product and most people just don't even understand what it is, you know? <laughs> and so I think that kind of got me excited about just the industry as a whole. I've been following, you know, I started following the industry and obviously, and now even more so, but it was kind of a moment where I was like, Oh, this is interesting. You know, this is interesting. So I, this was before, uh, it, and I think it's important to know this was before, like this was a thing. It was just, it was kind of more of like, Electric cars are never going to make it. Tesla's going to go out of business and uh, all that good stuff. We are going to take a short break and be right back. Small BizCast is proud to support Fit for the Cause. Fit for the Cause is the leading organization in fitness for low-income and special needs communities. Founded in response to the national health crises, Fit for the Cause has used licensed and COVID-conscious trainers to keep their members active, even during the pandemic. Offering physical training, nutrition, and a variety of classes, members benefit from the same resources given to special Olympic athletes. So stay active now by going to www.fitforthecause.org. That's fit, the numeral four, thecause.org. Welcome to our new sponsor, Jorgensen HR. Jorgensen HR believes that an employer's workforce is the single key to customer satisfaction, reputation growth, profitability, and the ultimate success of the company. Jorgensen HR works to ensure that employers are in compliance with federal, state, and local HR laws and helps assist them with almost everything else HR. Driven by passion and guided by expertise, Jorgensen HR. Please remember to mention Small BizCast when you call 
661-600-2070 or visit them online at jorgensenhr.com. If you know of anyone who feels lonely on their way to the top, I can help. Hot Dog Business Growth is for companies of all sizes. For people new to business, we offer the Pay It Forward Roundtable, a monthly half-day panel discussion with your peers, coupled with one-to-one private counseling with me. This is super affordable and the best OJT you'll ever get as you learn to grow your business. For the more seasoned, Hot Dog Business Growth offers counseling for leadership and teams. We offer sales strategies and team synergy, as well as customer service assessments and training. Our decades of business experience is on tap for you and your team. Schedule your no obligation conversation at hotdogbizgrowth.com. We are back with Ian Vishnevsky of EVCS. I remember reading an article, I think it was probably three, four years ago, that was pretty much as soon as the mainstream players get into the EV world, Tesla's going to fail. I yeah. remember I remember reading that article and I remember talking about it with people that I knew and they, yeah. some were, you know, in that camp and others were saying, no way. You know, yeah. Test- yeah. The competition is coming. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 yeah. So along the same, you know, uh, the lines that, that was kind of like, I was like, this is cool. This is interesting. So I had this idea of, of doing my own thing uh, that had to do like using, you know, Tesla trucks that Tesla was manufactured to, actually transport goods uh, just because the economics are so superior. That, that was sort of my, my initial idea. But I, as I was uh, basically, and I actually, you know, put in my resignation and, and um, at, you know, I was at Warner Brothers and I was like, this is what I'm going to be doing. Mm-hmm. In parallel to that, it was just interesting how the universe works. And uh, is, is that like, I basically met somebody through like a little networking event that was put on by one of the people that I went to business school with, you know, a person that is my uh, business partner today, Gustavo Akiozo, where, you know, he had this a company called Green Commuter that provided basically van pool services for people that commute long distances to and from work using electric vehicles. Love it. And yeah, and so that was I was like, this is interesting. Let's th- let's talk more. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, you know, yeah, this is what what, what I'm doing now, but. I have this idea about uh, because you know ca- cars need to charge and there's not enough charging stations and there's like actually a lot of different government sort of uh, rebates and funding available to to help with that and I was like oh that sounds super interesting and you know like also you have to remember like my my sort of background is finance and all that good stuff and so it's all it, it's all those things that you do kind of behind the scenes. You know, you're always like in a, you have the entertainment and it's just like all glamour, but you kind of have like this back office, but that's what kind of makes, it keeps the wheels turning. And so I really like the fact that, you know, everybody is obviously focusing on electric vehicles, but like you can't have, uh, you know, electric vehicle six years without good infrastructure. Right. And and it was, it's kind of like, you know, nobody like talks about that kind of front and center sometimes. Uh, that's not a first thing you talk about. But anyway, so I, I I thought that was like I I didn't fully understand what it was about, but but it was it hit enough of the points that I was like this is super interesting. Let's let's figure this out, mm-hmm. and and so I think it was in a, you know an intersection of just yeah being able focusing on something that I was already interested in and having the opportunity to kind of jump into it or or having the opportunity to transition to doing something that I kind of was already interested in doing. Right. And right. it was, I think, you know, that sort of combination of luck and timing and, and, and uh, kind of uh, intersecting with, with some, some interests that I had. So, so I think it was 
that sort of you know combination of factors that that really did it for me. Got it. So you mentioned a minute ago that you you just completed a Series A round. Yeah. So what is the lead up to that? And then once you get to that spot, what do you do with the capital that you have? How do you how, yeah. do, you, how do you leverage that to the next step? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a very interesting thing because again, I mean, every day, you know, if you like uh, follow the news or you read the Wall Street Journal, you know, you probably get articles or, you know, this company raised money, this company raised money and kind of right. creates a feeling that, you know, it just, you just do it like that. It's it's an overnight success. Right. And I, um, must, admit, and I must admit to you that when I hear things like that, I go, okay, so now they've got, you know, millions of dollars they didn't have yesterday to grow the business. What's the plan? You know, I want yeah. to know, I want to know yeah. you, you know, do, do the, does that mean the principals take a salary for the first time? Or does that mean, yeah. that, or does that mean that you're now, you know, um, starting to really build out the, build out the team and how do, how do you control it and keep it from going out of control? And these are just things that always cross my mind. And since I have you here, I'm just going to ask you. And I also, I'm just going to kind of uh, put it in parentheses that since your background is is an interesting combination of entrepreneurship and finance you have a that's a unique set of skills usually it's one or the other and so and it's usually the finance guys that hold back the entrepreneurs <laughs> and so i just imagine that you lay awake at night pushing and pulling on that one <laughs> i'm just sure of it. yeah yeah no that's a that's a good point well look it's like you never have or it, it, at least you know it's not that like you have this well thought out plan right it, it's like you know would you tell your investors that <laughs> yeah, uh, well <laughs> well you know that that's the test right um it was like you know you kind of go from starting a company to kind Kind of figuring out like you know you don't even know how like what what's going to happen how far are you going to be able to take it but it was like you know exciting opportunity uh exciting sort of industry and you just like okay let's uh you know let's do this and there was uh basically and, and you know and then you're kind of get into this in, into this thing where okay now that like you're uh, having a, a little bit of traction now you have to like uh, search for money but anyway so we started EVCS in 2018 and the series A happened in uh, 2022 so you know four years essentially uh, between the start and, and 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 you know what it's it's like when well, you kind of start to realize like you know I'm, I mean I mean I don't know exactly what the statistics is but I'm sure that the the percentage of companies that start and make it to a series a round is is you know it's a small percentage uh that you actually kind of meet the test where the investors gives you money so it was it was you know it was a it was a lot of ups and downs just uh you know we used kind of just debt uh to kind of get us going in in the beginning and it's kind of like funny as like you know we're, we're we actually like started an infrastructure company and it is like one of some of those things you don't even you know think through all the way you start an infrastructure company without like really access to any 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 money and and so that was that was fun but yeah there was just a lot of ups and downs and um um you know, we kind of went through a, a series of steps of being able to yeah, kind of use that to kind of expand the footprint, then, um, you know, starting to attract uh, some some investors that uh, were, you know, interested in doing a series A. And, you know, it took it took four years and there was like a lot of ups and downs. And the process, I would say, to actually go through uh, and, and identifying uh, people that were interested in what we were doing and actually closing the round 
just just that process i think took like at least nine to 12 months right um and there was just you know so many ups and downs that you like like didn't even know like uh, how it's all going to sort of end but i always kind of felt like very like uh good about what we were doing and that we were doing something that was helpful and useful um sure. to society and 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 that again, we had a again, again seeing a problem solving a problem yeah yeah and, and a thread and, and, that goes through right yeah right. and we had i felt like a, a good yeah. business model that was you know in a way better than what other people were doing and still doing and i was like why you know uh, we should be we should be we should have a seat at the table and so it was it was good that this sort of the investors made the same conclusion but it was just you know hell of a right you know people say that and, and this is just for us to to you know and we're just this is just like the step one essentially everything before that doesn't really count but my point is is that like sometimes you know you see there's a saying you know trust the process but i would say i did not fully understand or comprehend what it that what that really entails uh -huh. you know That's so yeah so anyway, so so that uh, you know, in terms of how we're going to use the money, and that's actually also a really good question because you kind of have to change your thinking from going from from being in kind of like scrappy con con conservation mode, right? Uh, to okay, oh, now I actually have to deploy capital. Uh, now I actually have to hire people. Now I actually have to spend money, and it's not an easy transition to make, you know. Yeah, because um, what you're doing, what you're really doing now is you're. In you're using that capital to increase the capacity to do more volume. Yeah, exactly. Right. We're, uh, we're, we're using the capital to be able to have to actually, you know, it's again, infrastructure business. So it, it's a very capital intensive business. So now we're able to deploy um, or do the installation in a much quicker way uh, and do more of them and, and, and increase our, our footprint. And we can actually hire, uh, you know, staff like, you know, we, we're, 30 people company right now, we, we're looking to double that in the next 12 months, so grow to 60. So just have people that can do things it is super, super important. So I think those are kind of how we're spending the money. Like let's let's build more stuff and let's get more people on board that can help us build more stuff. Right. Now, how many, how many installations of charging stations do you have currently? Yeah. So, you know, we have about 700 charging stations in the ground across, uh, across the three states. We have plans to increase that to 1,500 uh, charging stations by the end of 2023. And we also focus on fast charging stations. So they're like, you know, the bigger, faster chargers. So we're looking to, you know, have about a thousand of those uh, stations by, by the end of 2023. So where are the revenue streams coming from? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's kind of another thing that I like about the business, you know, <clears throat> just kind of to, 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 to take a step back. It's interesting because nowadays, so it's like you're in the right industry, you're in the right business. This is where the you know, um, and you know, and certainly that uh, some of that is true. But I would say the business uh, and the business economics is 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 not easy, um, and and uh, there is a lot of uh, we we have there there is there is an evolution that has to happen in order for this you know business to to be a viable business, meaning like that you know you can actually make money out of it. Um, and I, and like I said, and I think that um, we're uh, we're on a good trajectory to 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 get to that uh, to the, get to that goal. But in terms of like the revenue streams, that's kind of what I like about it. It's not just say. So I mean, it, it is kind of like a vending machine. So obviously, yeah, it dispenses yeah. electricity, and so people pay for electricity. So that's that's one source of revenue. There's another, uh, you know, source where um, you uh, they generate these things called carbon credits because you're mm -hmm. sort of using more. 
yeah, good energy rather than bad energy. And so to to promote people to wanting to put more of these stations, there's this carbon credits that you generate, which a lot of people do. And there is like different ways how you can monetize those carbon credits. There's like, you know, different uh, pathways that California Resource Board has. Uh, and so the more the, you know, uh, yeah, so the, the less uh, it's called carbon intensity. So the, 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 the more, you know, the, the, the lower that number is, the more money you can generate. Because I think I understand what that means, but that's just from, you know, from osmosis over the years. Can you help the listener understand exactly what it means? I can throw a guess out, but I'd rather not. Confuse. Yeah. Yeah. So, so meaning, you know, the, the grid, has a certain percentage of renewables and uh, fossil fuels. Um, uh-huh. um, so it's called a, like a grid, grid average. And to the extent that you could, uh, I guess, demonstrate that um, uh, the, the energy that you're using uh, has more renewables uh, as part of that mix um, versus uh, fossil fuels, uh, the cleaner the energy is and the more um, you know, the more money you get paid for generation of this type of energy. And there, you know, and there's a mechanism where you can buy something called renewable uh, energy certificates and pair them with electricity that you're generating using you, using your stations. And, and, and so that's uh, renewable energy helps bring that m- mix to a more cleaner mix. And, and that is allowing you to basically say, hey, I'm using a cleaner energy, therefore you should pay me a little, you know, a little bit more for the carbon credits that I generate. So it's it, it's kind of that uh, that kind of thing. So, but it's kind of a deep rabbit hole, and and but yeah, it's but, it, but, it, but it's an interesting thing. <laughs> I mean, obviously we we use you know different uh, incentives to build the charging stations. So there's revenue, um, there's revenue that comes from that. We are. Also doing something that's a little bit, I would say, uh, maybe innovative in the space, and we come, came up with this a subscription model thing where uh, it's sort of similar to Netflix, where you pay a fixed monthly fee, and you know all you can eat kind of thing. So like right now, we have a plan where you uh, pay fifty bucks a month, and you you know you can charge at our stations unlimited, right? Uh-huh. And so that's that's like if you're like an Uber driver or a Lyft driver or a commuter that uh, you know spends a lot of time, a lot of money on uh, um, you know fuel and or or electricity, that this is a great way to for you to be able to basically fix your costs of fuel through through a subscription program. So I would say the subscription program is probably what we're placing the most bets on over over time. But yeah, the charging station has a lot, you know, we, we also like participate in something called demand response. So when the grid is overloaded, uh, we sometimes throttle down some of our charging station. And so we get paid by the utility for helping to, you know, preserve the integrity of the grid. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of little things here and there. And that's kind of why I like the business, because it's not just what sort of, you know, you see as a consumer when you are mm-hmm. trying to uh, charge your car. Now, the couple of questions. First of all, where they're located, are they on current gas station sites, retail parking lots? Are they in office building yeah. structures, parking structures? Are they in private residences? How do you, where do you put them uh, yeah. in order to maximize their location value? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question. I mean, look, a lot of them are in the parking garages. One of our biggest customers is City of LA, for example. So uh, we've, we've installed them throughout, uh, par- you know, city parking lots throughout, uh, you know, Los Angeles, uh, but also uh, hotels. We work with 
LA Fitness, for example. So we install them at you know parking lots for at the gyms. We have a lot mm -hmm. of hotels, universities, hospitals. So a whole gamut of 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 locations where you know you would you would normally go or or have easy access to where you can come and charge your vehicle. And so, do you pay them rent on, or do you pay them a percentage of? The, yeah, um, and then yeah. So the benefit for the side host, they get either a rent payment or a revenue share uh, uh -huh. from the charging station, and but they also get to a, you know they attract more depending on what kind of location it is. But it attracts like you know if it's a shopping center, for example, you attract you know more customers because customers like you know while they're waiting for charge can go and do some some shopping and things like that. Um, so, so that's how the side host, we call them side hosts kind of benefits from more, more traffic and, and, and revenue generation through either like rent or, or revenue share. Sure. And then, yeah, so that's, that's how, um, and then, you know, obviously the customer will, will get the benefit of having that amenity where, where they're going or if they need to charge their car. So, I, so I remember in the, in the early days, not there, but of, of cellular, when cell phones were really taking off and, and uh, there were broker, there were real estate brokers that really dealt in the leases for cell sites. Yes, they have. And, and I assume it's a very similar model that you're, you have that they, because those were using also parking lots and, and key locations where people were, you know, people were going in order to maximize the, the, uh, the cell service in that area. Yeah. Yeah, so it seems like a similar business model. It also, I think it's a pretty similar business model to your rehearsal space, to Royal Rehearsal, where you're really taking a, a, a master space and turning it into uh, something to to resell, if, if you will. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So did your background and that experience help you get started in this business? No, I mean, I don't know. I don't think so. You know, each business is, is, is a little bit unique. You know, I think what I really liked about or like about, uh, well, Royal Rehearsal, it is like a kind of commercial real estate sort of uh, play. And I'm just like also very, very interested in real estate. So that was kind of kind of spoke to that uh, sort of, um, you know, uh, mindset. Right. And then, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, with, with uh, charging stations, it is also very kind of... Uh, uh, you know, you you are focusing on real estate as well. Uh, real estate, sort of, passive yeah. revenue, passive revenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. recurring revenue. Yeah, yeah. So there is something there, I guess. Yeah, a, on a subconscious a common, level. A yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I like, yeah, it's like a real estate plan, but it's also something that you know, um, you know, yeah. Like I would say, plays a big role in a transition that we're uh, doing to the more sustainable future. So. So this is a little bit timely interview because the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 was recently uh, went into law, and I assume that it's created a whole new set of incentives for you. Does that accelerate your growth plan? I mean, I, I know you said you're going to have 1,500 in 2023, but this 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 is going to add a lot more incentive for people to buy cars yeah. that are electric vehicles, and also for people like you to build out the infrastructure. So does yeah. that does that you know put you in high gear, or does that add a lot of competitors to the market that may not have been there before. Yeah, yeah, you know, I do think it 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 has a lot of very helpful things uh that that are good for the industry and that are good for us as well. So, you know, if like you know, in one for example is obviously um ability to get an extra $7500 off the price of your car. That's kind of one thing, but I would say you know even like for uh, us specifically uh what what probably is 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 even more uh, interesting is the fact that if you have a used vehicle, you get four thousand dollars. And um, the difference between the seventy five hundred dollars credit and the four thousand dollars credit is that 
uh, for the $7,500 credit, you actually uh, have to kind of, the manufacturer has to meet your requirements. You have to produce uh, or uh, manufacture or assemble your vehicles in the US. So that uh, gives you half of the $7,500 and the other one, the composition of the batteries. And so it's, it's unclear how many models are actually going to be uh, eligible for that on the new front. Um, but on the, on the used front, it certainly is, there is no requirement like that. It's just, you know, you have a vehicle, you can get the 4,000. And right. what's really cool about that is because people that may not be able to afford a new car, but right. want to drive an AV will, will, I think, really take advantage of that. And that I think is going to be uh, more of a driver, putting like more EVs out, out there, putting more people into the EVs. And so that's super exciting because obviously the more EVs, uh, the more people need to um, uh, use the charging stations. Right. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you have to worry about uh, technology disruption? In other words, as battery technology changes, will that mean that your useful life of your hardware will have to be upgraded sooner? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm sure there there is some of that, but but uh, you know, it's it's not really clear. I mean, what I I think like about uh, you know the the analogy that I use about uh, a charging station is kind of like a big refrigerator, uh, commercial refrigerator, and you know the job is to deliver to deliver electricity, and you know we have the 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 refrigerator sort of. I love that. Over. I'll, I'll tell you what I love it. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just have to. Just reflecting that for a moment. Yeah. I just love the simplicity of that. You know, uh -huh. I, I would imagine that most people would look at this as a super complex problem to solve. Uh -huh, and uh -huh. you simplified it so easily just now. I just love the way you did that. So uh -huh. I'm, I'm sorry. Continue on. No, so, great. No, I didn't interrupt your train of thought. No, no worries. And, <laughs> and so to, to, to me, you know, it, it's like, you know, this is like physics, right? This is just, you know, this is what you need to deliver electricity. And plus, remember the the vehicles that are on the road are 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 um, compatible with that technology. So while I I I think that um, there might be disruptions, uh, I think those disruptions may may take time to really evolve. Right? Like you 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 either you know you have to worry about the existing population of the vehicles, how they actually take the charge. And so right now it's you know plugging a cable inside. And so right. from that standpoint. Um, I don't see a lot of disruptions happening. You know, the charging stations may become like a little bit more prettier uh, and, right, and, right. and, and things like that. But but I think that the way they, they operate and function is not, not going to change. Now, there is something, you know, there there is uh, some work being done with um, inductive, you know, charging and things like that. But I see that more for like commercial applications and things like that. So anyways, I do think that, uh, you know, in, we, we, we do want to see sort of uh, evolution in, in, in how that's done, but I think it's not too much of a risk in terms of what we do. Right. Um, so a common thread among entrepreneurs and business people is there's a gap between knowing what to do and executing what to do. It's like a knowing doing gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I find that the best entrepreneurs have closed the gap as much as much as possible. In other words, when I when I talk to entrepreneurs and I have ideas for them, they often go, "Yeah, yeah, I know that," but they don't doesn't they haven't executed on it. Most most people don't execute on their ideas. Are how do you how do you work towards closing that gap in your world? Yeah, yeah. Well, the first thing I would I would say is that when you start a venture, you know there there's there are different ways how you could start the venture, right? One one way is to like do a lot of research, a lot of due diligence, and things like that. 
And and I and I and I think um, maybe that's probably like I would not recommend doing that, even though that's how like the business world works. Like you you try to evaluate and analyze something, right. you know, to a dead degree before you start. But I think the beauty of, of being an entrepreneur is you just like, you know, you just kind of like you just go for it, right? Um, because I think a lot of the times what happens is uh, if you look back um, and you say, if I knew what I know now, I would have never started this business. That's so funny you should say that because my next and final question for you is, you know, Ian Vishnevsky, what do you say to Ian Vishnevsky who's pushing shopping carts back? You know, what yeah, is, yeah, what yeah. To, now that you have this life journey that is taking you down this path, what would you say to this young man that you met in the parking lot who asked you to bring your, can I ask you, may I help you? What yeah. Would you, what would you say to them to help them get there faster? Sure. Well, yeah, let me maybe kind of wrap up this question and we'll, we'll get into that uh, uh, as well. So, but the point being there is that, that that's, I think is very important because, yeah, I think that's what the innovation is, is you just got to like do something that maybe you know, normally uh, if you really thought through you, 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 you may not have just because, uh, not because it's not like, you know, a, a good business, but just because the, 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 you know, the amount of, of, of effort and, and everything that goes into uh, making it successful. So like when we talk to investors, you know, I think sometimes we have to, or, or just people in general about our, you know, our business, uh, you know, we're, we're like an, an, an infrastructure business that's it's in its infancy uh, because we only still have like 5% of the electric vehicles out there um that is very capital intensive very costly and so how do you you know so you've got to figure out all those variables so like um you know we i kind of say like we we operate like between like a narrow band uh between uh you know very 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 hard and impossible <laughs> so uh and and so sometimes you know if you think back there are so many close calls that the fact that you actually got to where you got is is, is like a miracle in a way right but yeah, I think that's it. I think you just you 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 have to execute that. That is so key. And 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 even you know we had to execute on a very sort of high level uh, to get to a point of getting financed. But now actually we have to even execute on a higher level because now uh, we have uh, people that are providing you know that are giving us our hard earned money. Uh, and they're expecting to actually for us to execute on on the vision and the plan uh, that they bought into, sure. and so and so that is even so so yes so you're right like execution is everything and you go through stages so I I think you're just trying to I mean yes you're trying to bridge that gap you're just trying to execute uh, as uh, you know um, as much as you can or the best as, that you can. Um, to you know, bridge the gap between execution and and kind of like like you know and 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 learn what you need to learn. So you're right. you're you're yeah. So and and bring the right people. So yeah, you kind of just have to figure how do you execute? Like what do you need? You need good people. You need to kind of make good decisions. Uh, you kind of need to look at you know the real truth and and make decisions based on real truth, not because there's some you know politics or something else that's going on that you need to be mindful of. So. Um, uh, yeah, so not sure if I kind of answer that question. No, 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 that's... great. I don't think it's an easy question to answer. <laughs> but first of all, I think that that people that execute do it instinctively. I don't think you have to tell yourself to do it. I think you know you just took yourself through a thought process to get there. But I loved hiring people much more brighter than I am. 
I, it took me a long time to realize that was an important thing to do. But but I, I remember having this guy. He was he was brilliant in his in his world. He was an engineer by training, and he was going into helping uh, helping a, a technology problem with 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 my former business. And and I and I had to eventually you know separate him from the company because his knowing versus doing gap was probably twenty percent. You know he just mm-hmm. couldn't execute, even though he was so smart and knew exactly what to do. He just couldn't get it done. And I needed people that could get it done. It was, mm-hmm. and so the counseling I tried to do leading up to his separation was fruitless because it just mm-hmm. he just didn't have that capacity. He had a lot of other brilliant, yeah. yeah. You, you're, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much the opposite. I don't, I kind of shoot from the hip and get it done, you know. I'm, so, and, and you sound like a good combination of both. So, but I, 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 I try to balance both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no. So I, I, I appreciate the the skill set, and the more I get involved with business growth counseling and work with other companies, I can see that that's a common thread among the successful is that they yeah. they execute. Even they, we all, we, there's a high level of knowledge of what to do across the board, but the ones that actually make progress are the ones that succeed at a faster pace. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and so that's what I see. So I was, you know, you seen your story is a short. You're you're, you're very young. How old are you? If you don't mind my asking. Uh, 43, 43, you know, 43. Yeah. 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 So you've got a lot of runway to make some great things happen, which is remarkable. And that's why I want to repeat my question. So, you know, was that 32 years ago, you were pushing shopping carts, you know, what would you tell that 11 year old boy now? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, um, I'd like to answer, uh, like it in in two ways, like, what would I tell myself and maybe what I kind of think helped me, um, you know, get to where I am today, if, if somebody so sort of is curious about that. But um, yeah, you know what, I feel honestly, uh, so fortunate that I've gotten to where I have uh, so far. So uh, knowing that, like, obviously, I, I, I probably, you know, wouldn't change anything, you know, <laughs> and the story is still being written. I, I feel like there's just so much that I, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to. I think that, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, aside from like, you know, maybe investing in, in Tesla or something like this earlier on, <laughs> you know, right. uh, outside of that, I mean, I, I, I think some, by, by crypto, right? By, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, 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 I mean, I, I think that the chances of even having a chance of, 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 you know, having a business that, um, you know, a race capital and has a chance to compete in the marketplace and you kind of, uh, you know, close to the helm and are able to, to do things. And I, I've always kind of wanted to be part of, you know, I, I've always kind of felt that I needed uh, for me to have some level of fulfillment. That's exactly where I needed, you know, uh, to find, you know, needed to be. So I'm, I'm beyond sort of, uh, I at this point I'm just kind of trying like don't screw it up kind of thing. That's kind of <laughs> what I'm. So that would be your advice, yeah. young Ian. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. Screw it up. <laughs> yeah, but 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 yeah. you know what? I I I I think things that are you know help you know help me to get there is just kind of you know try to be just like you know honest with people, um, you know try to, you know. Uh, genuinely, you know, I, 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 you know, you, 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 you wanna like, uh, you know, you, you wanna sort of interact with people that you can think that you and them working together can, can help, uh, sort of move things along uh, down the road. So and I think going to USC and creating a network really helped a lot. 
uh, you know, with respect to even, you know, being able to go to people that can say, hey, I have this great business. Would you would you put some money in it? Um, you know, even if it's not even an investment, but that and, and I think that was sort of instrumental in being able to kind of uh, kickstart uh, the the whole thing and 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 get it to and and for it to have a chance to to get uh, to the point and then uh, to the point where we're today and then I would say don't don't analyze things too much like just just go and do it and and the, you know and things will trust, sort of the rest will your, be history yeah trust yeah, your trust instinct your, trust your yeah. process yeah yeah exactly and and I I can't thank you enough for being here you're so generous with your time and so interesting and I love your story and I can't wait to continue. Uh, our relationship uh, and and just kind of watch you succeed along the way. So thank you so much. Thank you, Joel. I really appreciate it. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share the story. And uh, I, I had a blast. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. Ian, I could talk to you for days. I find your story fascinating. I think you're inspiring. And I just love hearing your enthusiasm for what the future brings. So thank you so much for being on Small BizCast. I'm sure that my listeners will feel the exact same way. Ian Vishnevsky can be reached at evcs.com. There's quite a bit of information about his business and there's places to contact and find out how you can be involved. I want to encourage you to do that. Please remember to review our podcast wherever you listen. I appreciate your help passing the word on Facebook, LinkedIn, and other social media outlets. Please check out smallbizcast.com for our earlier episodes, coming attractions, a few other resources that'll help you. Moreover, thank you for listening. Hot dog. It's a wonderful life.